Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of The Ryan Show FM with your host, Ryan Vernell. And I'm being joined tonight by two buddies of mine. The first, Stevie Ray, is a WCW legend. You all remember him from being half of the Harlem Heat, an incredible tag team that was recently inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Also, tonight I'm being joined by longtime friend Jay Gutter. You've heard him on this program before. A New England MC that knows how to body a freestyle. And tonight we get to hear him perform over Booker T and the MC's Green Onions, his very own remix. We've got a lot going on, so I'm not going to waste your time now. Let's get some music started and bring in tonight's guest. Don't go anywhere, people. We'll be back.
Hello, friends. We are back. Thank you for tuning in to the Ryan Show FM. Got another bucket list interview as I sit down here with half of one of the greatest tag team tandems of all time. The one and only Stevie Ray is finally here. I've been pushing for this interview ever since I used to kick ass with him back in WCW versus NWO, the video game world tour, right? Savagely beat people down with steel chairs. You played that game, right, Stevie? I'm no video. I, I don't play video games. You don't, not even as yourself. No. Oh my god. Never, never been, never been a video guy, man. They, they used to send me all those videotapes, those video games and stuff, and uh, I give them to the kids in my neighborhood. It's probably the right so, move. Otherwise, you're gonna be like me, a scrawny nerd, interviewing people no, late in you your know, early thirties. I got beat up. I remember the, the day my daughter beat me up. I think she was about six years old. I'm like, okay, I'm. It's no. This no good. I can't be getting beat up by a six-year-old, you know? Yo, that's video games for you. It's the same thing with me now. My son is three years old, and he's kicking my ass in Mario Brothers. The hell's the world coming to? They just keep getting better and better. Now, but I just, uh, showed, I just showed you how horrible I was at playing video games. Or maybe it's just the older we get, the worse we become at video games. I don't know if you know this. I had a professional video game player on and they were telling me that they peak out at 13 14 years old and i realized that's probably when you start getting laid or at least start smoking pot something besides playing video games you get distracted by the outside forces of the world around that and age the, the, these things now this thing you know back when we were doing the video games i remember when we first went in and did our first you know prop to do a video game and that stuff has came so far i see myself today on video games because, you know, um, on the new WWE 2K stuff, and, I, and I'm like, that's me? <laughs> and this is the thing. I never went in and did the, you know, back in the day, we used to have to go behind and do the green room, the green wall thing, you know, yeah, put, the stuff, yeah. put, up, put all the stuff on you and you do moves, and they ain't got to do that no more, bro. No, it's all, yo, it's insane what they can do. They can just re right. You know what's really crazy, Stevie? Is sometimes I'll see clips online of Elon Musk and Trump, mm -hmm. and they just, I don't know if it's computer generated, but they'll make yeah, quotes up of these, of these guys, things they haven't mm -hmm. even said. So, I mean, you can't trust anything these days. But oh, I will say, goodness. those games back in the day, I will take those WCW games over any of these WWE games now. There's just something yeah. so much, I don't know if it's the nostalgia for me, but just the mechanics of it were flawless. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Like I said, I, I still got a few of them that I never gave away, but I just keep them for souvenirs, you know. You got it. I yeah. keep them actually to play. I literally have the N64 at my house mm -hmm. with well, those, those cartridges. The ones I got haven't even been taken out the package. Oh, so those are probably worth something then. You don't want to take yeah, them out. They, yeah, that, they ain't, haven't even been taken out of the package, man. I can't even remember which ones or what year they were. But, they, you know, whenever they did them, they would send them to you, the new ones. You know, the now they don't send me, you know, how it is now. It's just like you just download the stuff, I guess, you know. just download Yeah, it. that's right. It's and, all downloadable content at this point. Right. So now I don't get to play them like that. They just send the check. That's all that matters. <laughs> get the check. You figured it that's out. It. That's the part that matters. Hey, brother, that's, that's all I can do. Hey, check is it. Oh, yeah, it's cool. Man, and that's, uh, you know, you're up to a bunch of things these days, broadcasting and your podcast, but you started your podcast kind of early. How long have you been doing your podcast now for? Uh, I've been doing podcasting since about 2000 and, oh man, 17, 16, 17. It's a long time. Yeah, I've been podcasting for a while. I was doing radio 
I'm doing a sports radio show once a week and doing podcasting also once a week. And, uh, yeah, that started back in 17. Yeah. Was it your idea or was it the radio station that said, hey, you got to get a podcast now, too? Well, I, no, that podcast wasn't with the radio. That was an outside entity mm. with uh, with uh, another couple of guys. And, uh, you know, that's how the whole thing got started. It's amazing what a vehicle a podcast can be. Radio, you're kind of limited to the airtime. Mm-hmm. You can't really say as much. But the freedom that people have, you can build other businesses simultaneously through your podcast. So right, I recommend right. anybody start a podcast, even if people have 10 listeners out there, invaluable connections if you know how right. to play the cards right. So what's right. one of the biggest benefits of doing a podcast that surprises you since you started? Oh, man, so many different people I have interviewed. There's so many different yeah. uh, things that I've talked about. Uh, you know, I do, I do, as you can see beside, beside me, I just finished podcasting. But I also do a podcast called Black and White with me, me and Vince Russo. Ooh. We do that. We do a podcast together called Black and White. And we don't talk about professional wrestling and things like that. We might talk about a little, some of the controversial things behind professional wrestling, but basically what we call, talk about is some of the social issues as it pertains to, you know, a black and white, you know, people in this country and some of the things that we're going through and some of the things that people are afraid to talk about or really bring up and want to talk about. So I take the initiative in doing that and trying to educate people on a lot of things that they really don't know about as it pertains to black and white people. There's not a lot of social, at least from what I saw growing up, wrestling was one of the most politically incorrect forms of entertainment, at least watching some of the clips that you see now of Vince McMahon. So what would you say uh, in terms of like social justice? Do you, do you notice like a big change in, in just the culture overall of wrestling or do people don't really care? Not, not really. The only change you see is just the change of pop culture. And professional wrestling trying to keep up with that kind of pop culture. As far as everything else, is basically the same. That I, I can see in, that in my eyes, you know. Oh, uh, you know, and Vince Russo. The, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I, I want to hear what you have to uh, say. No, those are some of the things that we talk about on the show, and those are some of the things that a lot of people like tonight. A lot of times, I just like tonight, just talking to fans about different things they want to talk about whether it be pro wrestling, whether it be football, you know, somebody was asking me about NASCAR, somebody was asking about this, that, and the other. So, but a lot of times people will ask me different things like that on my show also. What do I think about this, that, and the other? Well, how were you guys able to do this, that, and the other? And I try to explain things to them, you know, from a wrestling point of view, not a fan's point of view. Because, you know, I try to explain to people so much that if you never... If this bit, if this business has never paid your bills, yeah, you may have been around it, but you've never been in it. I like that assessment, and that's not just referring to the wrestlers; you're referring to anyone involved right. in the culture of wrestling, right? Because it's when when you're doing it for a living. Mm. I mean, a living. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about where it's really paying off. Yeah. That's when you can get the real perspective of how everything works. Well, you can be around it for years and never make the big time, but you still see what I'm talking about. If you've never been out on the road 300 and 
uh, what was the most days I was on the road? 327 days in one year. It's insane. If you understand what I'm saying, you, you ever did that? Well, you can't even fathom that. Now, on the road is in literally performing for yes. all of those nights? How do you even do that? What do you have to do to be able to perform 320-something days a year? That's just like ask, asking a Navy SEAL, how does he do it? It's my job. It's my job. Yeah. And if you've never done it, I can't explain it to you. Yeah. If you see what I'm saying. For sure. I mean, there's yeah. not that type of work rate. Is there a work rate like that right now in any type of wrestling, professional oh, wrestling? I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just bringing myself up as a template. How, how they do now is totally different. But I'm just saying that is the way you make your money. Yeah. Now, was that before so, television? So. At what point in your career were you wrestling that many days in a year? Oh, man, that's in the big time. That's what I'm talking wow. about. That's in the big time. You know, so it's like it ain't a weekend job. It's a nightly job yeah you know so go ahead before wcw nitro on a monday how many rehearsals per se or times you get to go over that match during the week but you got about 15 minutes before a match now as far as the pay-per-views go the tv shows then you got all afternoon because you're there so early but all that is all mixed together and that's what i'm saying about going back to what I was talking about from a fan's perspective you never know what you can read this that and the other on the cheat sheets you can read this that and the other from you know Dave Meltzer you can read this that and the other from social media and so on and so forth but if you've never done it you really don't know what you're talking about do you feel the same way about analysts writers people that are in the wrestling world that make these strong no, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they can get a perspective, but you never lived it. I just like a writer or someone, let's say someone that's an analyst on ESPN or, you know, one of the broadcast sports broadcasts, and they're talking about sports. And you're arguing with a guy that had 15 years in that sport. Right. How does that work? It's tough. How is it that you know more than him and you've never done it? And then they can say, well, I've been around it. Oh, that, that's what I just said. You've been around it. Exactly. Same thing. Same exact thing. That's why when you see people giving perspectives on, you know, I look at Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp in the morning on Undisputed. I'm a big fan of Shannon Sharp. And I hear Skip Bayless saying some of the most nonsensical things, but he's talking from a person been around football, but he wants to make it like it's just as important of a guy that's in the Hall of Fame. So you don't, even though he does have a, a vast amount of knowledge, he's never right. been on the field. Right. So it is hard to take him seriously. And, you know, well, a lot I, of if, athletes. If, if I'm Shannon Sharp and I tell you, uh, what, why did that play work and why did that play didn't work? Can you tell me? You can tell me in a generalization, okay? Anybody can yeah. do that. Any fan that watch TV can do that. Exactly. But you wouldn't be able to tell me what everybody's responsibility is. Seems and that what, and people what agree did, with you. Did, huh? People agree with you. It seems like the future, when you look at a lot of the top podcasts, mm-hmm. it's ex-players. Right. It's guys like Pat McAfee, yeah, the Kelsey good. brothers. Pat, Pat, Pat McAfee is amazing. Good. He's good, man. 
I love watching him. He's funny too. He's even though he was punting. I know, you know, and, and people like to discredit that he still was a professional athlete. And he was one of the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. He, but but he's there. You and you there, regardless what your position is, you're there. You're one of the guys in this locker room and on this team. He didn't punt his whole life. If you see what I'm saying, all punters played some position at one time or another. You know, then they got good at punting, and hey, this is what they, you know, this is what they niche. But a lot of punters used to be quarterbacks. A lot of punters used to be defensive backs. A lot of punters used to be all kinds of different things. But they got good at punting. It's like, mm, okay, that's what you're going to do, right? Some coach look at you and go, hey, son, get over there and start punting the ball. Okay, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. So that's that's when I when, when I put professional wrestling in that perspective. And, I, and you know, guys that come back and they got podcasts and they go, oh, is that how it really Oh, that's how it works? Yeah. You're talking about wrestling. You really don't know what you're talking about. So I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm just putting it in perspective. Wrestling's no, one of the few sports where you don't need to be, or at least now, you don't need to be on the on the road and on the circuit. And right. I remember when you were on the come up, you had to earn your stripes. Right. You had to spend countless nights on the road and the hell right. you had to put yourself through. Mm-hmm. And then you see guys like Logan Paul, and it's he's doing a great <laughs> job out there, I guess, uh-huh. right? He's but he's right. skipping his way up the ladder very right. quickly. Do you take guys like that as seriously? No, because I know professional wrestling today. I don't look at professional wrestling today like I look at professional wrestling from yesterday. Because we've always had celebrities to come in and do certain little things, this, that, and the other. But in today's game, everything is more television-oriented. So, you know, Logan Paul is not trying to take somebody's position. Right now, the way things are with social media, the way things are with pop culture, he helps the brand. He doesn't take away from the brand. He helps the brand. Nothing nothing against the kid, man. I I love what he's doing, man. I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm not a big fan to his when he get in there and try to box somebody, but, uh, but then again, (laughs) I I watch it and pay for it though. You know, I, you know, I still watch it and pay for it, but I'm like, uh, what he's doing. I take my hat off to him because he didn't put the leg time in. He didn't put the wrench time in to get out there and make a match look like a match. And some of the stuff that I'm seeing him doing, I'm like, brother, this kid is a hell of a app. I mean, I got to give it up. I can't hate on him. I enjoy, I enjoy him jumping off, jumping off the stuff and landing on the table. Hey, better you than me. <laughs> I love it. I mean, he's putting yeah. his body through that hell. I mean, he's not, he's not taking a shortcut. Who was it back in the day? David Arquette. Mm-hmm. David Arquette would get his ass kicked, but he wasn't doing anything like that. No technical David wrestling. Arquette. David Arquette should have stayed at home with the whole Arquette family. The whole <laughs> I mean, that was a, that was a jizzle. Okay. I'm going to leave that at that, but yeah. I like, I like David as a, as, and, you know, he did a great, he did a great job. I'm just coming down on him a little bit. He was a cool guy too, but. Yeah. You know, that, uh, you know, putting the belt on him and all that, I was like, okay, now, nah, what the hell is really going on now? Okay. Didn't like that at all, personally. Didn't like that. Nothing toward him, because, but just the people in charge of doing that. That doesn't help. That doesn't help us. I you think that hurts the my- culture of professional wrestling when you're giving out a title belt like that to somebody without really deserving well, it. 
I don't know if it hates the culture, but it hurts what we do as professionals. Mm. Okay. It hurts what we do because becoming a champion, that means any schmo, any snook, okay, can just come up here. That's what it looks like. Just come up here and be a world champion. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, bro. This is, it's get the shine. You're going to put the belt on somebody, put it on Jay Leno. He on every night. <laughs> Imagine that. He could take you know, the hit. He's got a hell of a chin. Oh, <laughs> it's a little more believable. I'm just saying, we did the thing with uh, Jay Leno. Put a belt on him. Yeah. Then we can go on the show, talk to him. Rodman, Rodman would have made a fine champion. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. None of those guys are going to make a fine champion. I'm really just, I'm kind of just being sarcastic right now. Yeah. Uh, none of them. I mean, so, you know. Next what if thing Logan you know, Paul been, wins the championship? If, if Logan Paul has a belt, what do you think about that? Well, that's what I'm saying is what he's doing, what he's doing right now in professional wrestling goes with the theme of yeah. what professional wrestling is about. See, professional wrestling is not about how professional wrestling was presented years ago when in our age. Professional wrestling now is a television show. It's like the it's like uh uh CSI. It's like uh, uh the neighborhood. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a weekly show that they can tell you what's gonna happen a week before it even happens. Yeah, exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, still next week when Logan Paul comes up to club broke and blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sunday night of Friday night of SmackDown. You know, that's exactly. that's TV now. It's like a, a sitcom. Right. Not it's a a Exactly. It's, it's, it used to be, to me, in my, in my humble opinion, wrestlers that were on television. Oh, very well said. Now, to me, it's a television show that uses wrestlers. It was wrestling televised. Right. Wow. That's that how is- I saw it. Now it's a TV show and the actors are wrestlers. Yeah. You know, as much as I get frustrated, though, looking at these journalists with their pie in the sky ideas and on their high horse, I got to admit it's, uh, it's very entertaining. Stephen yeah, A. and yeah. Skip Bayless, they do a yeah. damn good job. Yes, they as do. As frustrating as it is, like the fact that they just like a good heel in wrestling, right. you want to strangle Skip Bayless. Right. You want to give that dude a pile driver and land him on his neck. Yeah, and but like I said, I think you know when just like the little blow up you had with Shannon a month or so ago, when you talk about you so inundated with one man's nuts that you disrespect the guy that if he wasn't on this show, this show wouldn't even be on television. When he say, uh, when Shannon was like, "Hey, you sound like I'm just chopped liver. I'm in the Hall of Fame," and you remember that that blow up? And he oh was yeah. Like, and he's talking Super about Tom. disrespectful. I, I thought it was going to be the end of the show. When, when that went down at right. first, I thought I wasn't sure how they were going to bounce back because you saw how upset. And then just the way that he was, the disrespect in his the condescending, voice, condescending attitude. Yeah. yeah, right. Well, like I said, that's how much, that's how much Skip Bayless believes. Somewhere back in the medulla of his brain, he actually feels as though I'm up here. Because of what I do. And I give a man credit to do what you have done to get in the position 
you know, that you put yourself in from a, you know, just a business point of view or, you know, talent point of view. But we got to see exactly how good you were when uh, Hamlin, the kid from Buffalo, went out with the, uh, went out that that night before and you said what you did on social media. Yeah, that's right. And the next day, Shannon Sharp didn't show up. Yeah, we that's saw, right. We saw yep. if we if somebody had to watch that for a week, listening to you, without Shannon Shop, you would be in the can in one week. Yeah, it was excruciating. It was tough to watch because talent wise, you're not entertaining. What people don't realize today, one thing about Stephen A. He's very, even though I don't agree with a lot of stuff that he says, but that's normal. He's very entertaining. Oh, yeah. It's like a sermon. It's like a sports sermon. Yeah. Very entertaining. Shannon Sharp, super entertaining. I think Shannon Sharp might be the most entertaining guy in sports media right now. Former player, he's up there with with the best former players on the mic. I can't think of who was up. Romo's good. But in terms of their own show, He's up there. How do you think Brady's going to – really quick on different – how do you think Brady's going to be as an analyst? Yeah, so I'm thinking. Okay, wait a minute. Well, first of all, let's take this back in chronological order. What exactly is he going to be doing? Now, he's, it's, isn't it the same thing? Isn't he going to be doing some type of a commentary just like I that? Don't, I don't know. I'm asking you. Yeah. Or is sure he going to be out there like Romo at the games calling the games? I think it's a commentary. I'm pretty sure it's commentary. So they're going to have him on one of the sports shows on television? Yeah. Here we and have our, Let's look this up right now. We have our producers behind the scenes making the magic happen here. Wink, wink. I want to know because Tom Drady is like watching paint dry. He's going to be in the broadcast booth with Fox Sports. So he'll be in there with, like, not, not with Romo, but yes, similar situation. Brother... Tom Brady, come on. If any, if I'm going to be honest, I've never looked at Tom Brady as one of those guys with the gift of gab that you really want to listen to do commentary. Now, you know, now you're looking at Greg Olson uh, last night. Yeah. Greg Olson got it. Yeah, he's good. He got it. Yeah. Tony Romo got it. Revolutionary, I'd add in. I think Romo's changing the game right now. Troy Aikman, got it. Yep. Moose, got it. There's a bunch of ex-players out there that I want to see this Tom Brady thing because listen to Tom Brady talk. That's why Tom Brady's never been over, you know, a word that we use in professional yeah. wrestling. You know who was always over with everybody? Who? Peyton Manning. Yeah, oh, and they're they're probably the best duo out there, him and his brother. No, so no, I'm funny. talking about before he started doing this stuff with the brother. Brother, have you ever seen Peyton Manning on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, he killed it. He's hilarious. Brother. The dude missed his calling. Yeah, seriously. The dude is, he's good. He's entertaining. Even when people talk to him, how he can throw them one-liners out there and stuff real quick, you can tell he's always been one of the guys. Exactly. exactly. That can chop, you know That's what I'm saying? That can well chop said, it up exactly. with anybody. He's always been one of the guys that make every, they come in the room and make everybody laugh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know if Tom Brady ever been that kind of guy. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, he definitely inspires his team, but 
But I don't think he's one of the guys, guys. Like you said, that's just one-liners, good to go out to have a drink with after right. the game type of guy. And tell stories and make everybody laugh. I remember he was on the exactly. sideline getting into it with his offensive lineman that time, and he was telling another guy, hey, man, I just had an argument with the offensive line, man. It was better than, what did he say? Uh, it was better than Desperate Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> It's just on the sideline. They got the boom, 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 like picking the conversation yeah. up. I thought that was hilarious, man. Oh, like, man. man, it was better than Desperate Housewife. Oh, my God. And it was a real disagreement on the sideline. Yeah. Because he went over there and he was telling them something like, when I call a play, just line up for the play. You know, that's not stuff going on. And the other dude was like, get out of here, man. Get out of here. You stop talking to me like that or something like that, he said. But it wasn't a work. It was, it was a shoot. Yeah, that's right. But, oh, man, but like right then and now, but he would go sit down, and I think the tight end or somebody walked up and sit beside him, and he makes a joke out of something that was real serious just that quick. Yeah. That's when you know somebody got it, bro. Yeah, that's quick. That's quick wit. Yeah, you can't teach that. No, no, brother. And it doesn't matter how many times you're tackled. Even the best ex-NFL players, they still got it when they get on the mic after they're done playing. I used to tell people that years ago, I used to go, I said, have you ever seen people tackle Tom Brady? He want to get up talking shit to him. Mm. I said, have you, anybody ever seen that? But I said, when somebody tackle Peyton Manning, they try not to hurt him. Yeah, that's a good point. Because the people, the players like him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you don't want to hit the guy. Well, if they hit Tom Brady, a lot of times they wanted to, but you know, the rules won't let me. They were made to protect him. Right, exactly. But you ever notice uh, Peyton Manning get up, they got the boom mic, good hit, uh, whatever the guy is, you know, good hit, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the guy would help him up. You never see nobody help Tom Brady up because he gets up yeah. talking and, you know, being bolsters and stuff like that, like this my show. And that's why right. I'm saying he never, I don't think he was ever one of the guys. For sure. Even though he one of the guys, but, you know, Peyton looked like one of the guys that'll come over to your kid's birthday party. Exactly. You I got to agree with you. Yeah. Before we go to a very quick break, I want to ask you one last football-related question. What's that? Who do you think is the greatest quarterback of all time? In my opinion, Peyton Manning. I think Tom Brady is the most successful. But I've seen Peyton Manning set records. When he was with the Colts. Yeah. Then I seen him go to Denver and have the most prolific season in the history of professional football. That's never been done before. No. Even though, even though they lost in the Super Bowl, I think that was more coaching than yeah, exactly. players, you know, because they didn't know how to attack that Seattle defense. They tried to attack it with the aerial attack and forgot about everything else. But that is what it is. But for that season... Everything that you see quarterbacks doing to this day, who started it all? Peyton Manning. And if you look at the just your just the eye test, it's like you said, the success might speak different volumes, but you used to watch Peyton play, especially during the regular season, it was poetry in motion. I mean, unbelievable. With the same guys. Yeah. For years. Yeah. And this is one thing I always tell people. I've been watching football since I was a little bit of a kid. Yeah. You name all the great quarterbacks. What do they all have in common? I'm just say this before you go to your commercial. One question. What They're do they cerebral. All have in 
That's one thing, but they all have one thing in common that people never bring up. What's that? They always took their teammates with them. Ooh. They always took a couple of teammates with them. It's true. The only person going with Brady is Gronk. Now, what puts Manning only, over? That's only because of the success of Gronk. But if you really look at Gronk's numbers, his numbers are not even up there with some of the greatest tight ends in the world. And, and no. the thing, it's just like he went to all the Super Bowls with Brady on the second half of Brady's career. I'm talking about the first half. I'm talking about the first 10 years. Yeah. Who going with you? Nobody. True. Who going with Peyton Manning? Well, uh, uh, the, the receiver's already in, and his other receiver is up for the Hall of Fame right now. And to his defensive players, uh, is up for the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, his Reggie, Reggie, uh, what, what's the receiver's name? Uh, I can't think of his name, but he's in the Hall of Fame. And the running back, uh, what's his name? Um, Edwin James, he's in the Hall That's of right. Fame too. It was Reggie Wayne. Yeah, Reggie, Reggie Wayne's not in. He's up for it right he's now. He's up for it. Marvin Harrison is in. Mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison is in. So look at that. Your running back, your number, your number one running back, your number one, all three of y'all in the Hall of Fame. Rod Starback in the Hall of Fame. Tony Dawson in the Hall of Fame. Drew Pearson in the Hall of Fame. Ray Fair Wright, the offensive tackle in the Hall of Fame. You can go on down the line. Wow. Every great quarterback, what does he got? He got people going with him. Wow. Tom Brady, the only guy that's supposed to be the greatest, ain't nobody going with you. Why is that? That is a really great assessment. And you look at Montana. Montana's the, I think Montana might, I didn't get to see him, but just looking back at the highlights, Montana's up there too. I would have put Montana yeah. as number one, especially looking at his Super Bowl performances. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. And he I didn't have any headset. I would, would have put him up there too, but this is the thing. As far as number one, but I do have him in the top three. Mm -hmm. uh, Bill Walsh came up with everything that he did. That whole West Coast oh. offense was Bill Walsh. Whereas Peyton Manning invented so much stuff that we see today with his own head. Calling plays right, right. out there on the field. Right. Wow. Yeah, he invented that. Something to think about, people. To anyone tuned in, it ain't just the Super Bowl rings. There's a lot more to it. Yes. We're here with Stevie Ray, the one and only. <laughs> Nobody go anywhere. This is the Ryan Sharp. And we'll be back shortly. We are the ones left to make do with the two hands the good Lord gave us. When no resources are thrown to the forces that be with no one to save us. The ones in the classroom where the books are outdated, teacher no longer outspoken. The ones left to congregate where the push gives a fix to those who had their dreams broken. The ones left to drown and rebuild the towns in the path of the waters from the levees. The ones with the problems of the world on their back will make light of the fact that the weight is getting heavy. We are the ones who have daughters and sons who commit themselves to having unsafe nights. The ones who lost family in 9-11 hours after telling them to have a safe life. We are the ones. We are the... 
We are the We are the We are the one We are the We are the We are the We be the soul of the human core The planet whose blood, sweat and tears even we take for granted We the ones separated by waters and international borders Only to take government orders We are the ones with the same childhood dreams But adulthood brings nightmares and screams We be the raw excuse to slang I mean, we the people they stereotype for gangs We sold the sea for our daughters and sons withstand the infiltration of drugs and guns We are the ones that kneel to the young With a heart of gold to avoid being victimized by our sons We be the ones trying to raise them in the all-man brothers Not some whipping posts from coast to coast We are the people run down, lie to, try to Still they depend on our culture to live and dance to We are the people Still the wretched of the earth At the end of God's day We persevere through the hurt We are the ones We are the We are the We are the Come on, Michael, that's some other lie. We the people at the fish fry. We the 86% with heart disease. Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Nike shoes, wearing no banking accounts. No misbehaving, catching the blame. Same old, same lotto players. Looking to Obama for deliverance. But ever since they popped Malcolm and Martin, we at the front of the bus now, pouting. Complaints ain't nothing but a lazy man's sofa. The CEO's gophers go for We're the video hosts, ho We're emotional But if we peep shit, I'm thinking we supposed to roll But we the same lying, cheating, backstabbing We part of our own struggle We would burst our neighbor's bubble Destined to meet the maker But at the same time, be the same people late for his arrival Yo, a false survival No longer feeling tribal And as much as it makes me feel good to say that we are beautiful people. And we have returned. This is indeed the Ryan Show FM. And uh, Stevie Ray is back with us, half of the Harlem Heat. He's got his own podcast out now, Black and White, with Vince Russo. Mm -hmm. And if you ask me, I was a huge fan of the WWF Attitude Era. Mm -hmm. Not just watching WCW, but a lot of WWF back then. And Vince Russo was a huge part of all of that. Yeah, and for some reason, people just hate on this guy so much. We talk about these people hating sports commentary guys, but there's a lot of nerds and trolls. Yo, there are more haters in the world of wrestling on the internet than maybe any sport out there. So yeah, what's it like him. dealing with that type of heat? I hate Working him too. with Vince Russo. I hate him too. Oh, you hate him too? Oh, I love that. <laughs> I have, I'm not... <laughs> I mean, I work with the guy, but I hate him. Yeah. Nah, I'm just kidding. Now, nah, me and Vince have always, <laughs> me and Vince have always been cool, man. He's always been a big cool dude, and uh, and uh, and we've always we remained friends after, after after all these years, man. We remained friends, and now we do a podcast together, and we talk about a lot of interesting things. We talk about a lot of. Uh, we talk about a lot of serious stuff, you know. We don't yeah. just talk about wrestling and sports, but we keep it, we keep it loose, and we keep it funny, you know. And I, I'll always crack on him, you know, if I'm talking about a certain subject or something like that, and I'm, and I use him as a template, you know, like, you know, yeah, you, you should know about that, yeah. What about that, Vince? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I was I was in Vegas one time and I was telling the story on on the show, and, and this I was in the uh, what's it called the Cleopatra Bar in Caesar's Palace, 
and we were getting ready to do a pay-per-view out there and a whole bunch of us was in there, you know, hanging out and a bunch of, you know, ladies of the evening in there, the whole thing, man. I'm having yeah. fun, man. I'm having fun. <laughs> and Sonny Ono was in there. Me and Sonny do a show every Tuesday night called Tokyo Heat. That's with Sonny, amazing. With Sonny, with Sonny Ono. And uh, back in the day, me and Sonny used to hang out a lot, you know. And then that's, two of them, that's a real odd couple. You know, that is an odd couple. We just had Ernest Miller on the show maybe a month ago. That's, uh-huh. that's hilarious, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. All of it. We was, me and Sonny, me and Ernest used to hang out, but me and Sonny used to hang out. I don't know how. I don't even ask me how we hooked up. Don't even ask me. What is that like? Know. What was the night going out with Stevie Ray and Sonny Ono like? Oh, man, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> we had a lot of fun. Don't ask me how, man. A five foot two yeah. inch guy, and a six foot five inch guy. One Japanese and one black guy, we tanned the places down. I mean, it's crazy. And like I said, all these years later, some of the time, sometimes we even talk about some of the things we've gotten into on the show. Every blue moon, we'll talk about it a little bit. Don't, don't get real deep, we'll talk about it a little yeah. bit. We have fun with it, man. And Oh, my God. Everybody loves the show because we do nothing but just make jokes about everything. But, but going back to the story I was talking about, we was in the Cleopatra bar and I'm talking to these girls at the bar. It's like five of them. And, uh, <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, uh, this is my first time. This is my first time ever going to Vegas. The first time being in Vegas. But don't get me wrong, man. I've been around and I've seen it all and did it all. But anyway, yeah. some of the guys are trying to give me the Iggy. You know, like, psst, 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 yeah. psst, psst, psst. <laughs> you know, and then uh, here comes Sonny. Hey, hey, Stevie, can I talk to you? Yeah, brother, what's up? He comes over, whispering. Hey, man, those girls, man, they're called girls, man. I'm like, dog, I know that. Can I get back to what I was doing? You know, without you and somebody else, what do I look like? Some dumbass. Yeah, I know I'm from Texas, but brother, I, you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. wear it. I don't, you know what you're doing? Come yeah. on, have some fun. You leave me alone. Leave me alone, dog. Yeah. Can you leave me alone? So, I guess, you know, I would just rather be around, I'd rather be around these ladies than talking to you guys. I see y'all every day. Okay. So then, you know, the girl. I guess the girls look, they, they find it, say, well, right, this guy ain't going to do nothing. Now they, one after another, they leave, right? So I'm sitting over here by the by table. Here come this little dude, walks up by me. And uh I look over and I'm like, is he coming up to me? Yeah. How you doing? Talking to me? Oh, I'm alright. How you doing? I'm doing well. Now Sonny's standing right over here. And I've just got my boys looking out for me. I'm with the Gambino family. <laughs> oh, great. Is it Nicky? Oh, huh? It's Nicky. I is don't know. Casino? I don't know who this guy is, but he sits there and have a couple. Now, Sonny's watching this, and he's listening. Then the guy finally leaves. I'm like, hey, man, where you? Shouldn't you have some protection? Where your boys at? They're around. Uh, they're hanging there. They're laying low. Uh, now, this is getting kind of funny to me, brother. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But 
I'm not sweating it. So the guy talks to me for about, I don't know, five, ten minutes. Then he finally leaves. <laughs> Sonny comes over to me and he goes, man, I can't believe you sit there and talk to that dude like that. I go, why not, man? I said, he's just a, just a guy. He was like, man, if it was one of these other guys in here, they would have knocked that guy out. I say, Sonny, that's the difference between people like me and people like them. I say, my mother didn't raise a fool. <laughs> because for all I know, he might have been in the Gambino family. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was I'm like, say look, that, where, look where we are. Is this the Bada Bing or the Cleopatra? This is the Cleopatra bar. That's what I'm saying. You've got like so, Nicky Scarvo or whatever his name was coming I, up. <laughs> Crazy. But I'm just saying, that's what I'm telling him. Brother, look what I don't know what's going on around here. For all I know, you know what I'm saying? The guy could be telling the truth. I don't know. Yeah. So I was telling Vince that story on the Black and White podcast. And I said, yeah, man, one of your cousins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, one of your cousins. He's like, who? I said, from the Gambino, he's like, I don't put that on me. I said, hey, man, you know the stereotype. I said, we talk about stereotypes in wrestling? Yeah. Now I'm talking about stereotypes as a potato Italians. I said, you see how of it feels? Course. I said, you see of how course it feels? They're, don't let them fool you. Of course they know each other. All <laughs> of us Italians know the bad apples. We're all proud of them. <laughs> but that's my, my point is, that's how we poke each other on the show. And that's, that's you know how what? we poke each other. And that's not a bad thing. You know, sometimes <laughs> the whole... I even hate to use the word cancel culture because there's been a word before that that's been around forever, ostracizing. Yeah, Celebrities, people have been ostracized forever for any little thing they've said or done right. since the beginning of time. Right. But yeah, that's good that you guys are able to have a sense of humor about it. Well, see, it's that's just so thing. important. That's the thing about professional wrestling. You know, it's multicultural. And I came up here in Texas, so I was around so many different kind of people. So it's not out of the ordinary when I meet somebody from another culture. The thing is, like I explained on Black and White, and we get into a lot of this, it's one thing coming around someone's culture. It's another thing respecting it and trying to learn from it. Mm. That's where people fall short. Okay? Everybody got their own niche. But that don't mean his niche is right or yours is wrong or vice versa. That's just their niche. Just try to understand it. Don't judge it. Try to understand it and learn from it. Yeah. But if you've been preached in your ear that these people are wrong, how they look at things and these people are wrong, how they look, then you never can grasp what really is because you already got a preconceived notion by what you've been told since birth. So what's the stigma in wrestling that exists, a racial stigma? That you think exists in wrestling. Well, the thing about the thing about racial stigmas have nothing to do with this. Is what I've talked about on the show plenty of times, and other people's shows similar yeah. to what we're doing right now. The racial stigma has nothing to do with wrestling. Yeah, it's it's what you bring. If you bring a racial component, people always ask me, HDB, uh, who is the most racial? What what you know? What was the question used to be? I used to always get asked this: Have you ever experienced racism in professional wrestling? I say, and I would always tell them, it's hard to answer that question because you, as a Caucasian, know racism from what you see on television. Mm. So you really don't have an aspect of what you're asking me. You're under the assumption that all people go through some kind of bullcrap that you see in a movie or something like that. 
Hmm. But I try to explain racism is more systemic than literal. Very good. Very good point. So I said, if someone tries to do, if someone tries to do something to me to hurt my career because of what I look like, that's racism. Yeah. Or they just, you know what I'm saying, don't like black people or whatever, so they try to keep you on the back burner because they don't want you to come out in front and do what you do. I said, yes. That's the guy you got to worry about. But if somebody comes up to me and call me a racial epithet, I don't worry about that guy. But you ain't in charge of nothing. There's no power. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could, th- I could throw your ass out the window and nobody would care. Yeah, <laughs> to a point. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like I, so that's why I've always said, when you talk about things like this, you got to realize what you're talking about before you ask the question and put it in some kind of grave generality. Yeah. Because it's bigger than that. And like I said, racism ain't got nothing to do with wrestling. It goes wherever people carries it. Very good it has, point. has nothing to do with your religion, your culture, anything it's either in you or it's not it's a very good point now when you were wrestling as the harlem heat mm-hmm. back in the day now first off let me, let me just get this uh kind of cleared up in my head so you said that, that you you were training in texas you didn't grow up in texas did yeah. you mm-hmm. so you did i'm so in texas right now where did the idea Jeez. of harlem heat come from being from texas you know what? I was just telling somebody this story. Who was I talking to? Oh, I might have been talking to my buddy. He asked me the same thing. And I was telling him, uh, I, I can't even remember who I was talking to now. But we came in with a gimmick. Nothing was in concrete, though. To do our tryout match. Mm-hmm. And it blew up in the faces of everybody. And then Ole Anderson called us in his office and he went off on me and my brother and, and talking about, you know, I was supposed to send you guys asses back to Texas and blah, blah, blah. And we were like, man, we thought we did good last night, you know, but, uh, but it was over the gimmick. So they had to scratch the gimmick and come up with a new one. What was the gimmick? Well, the gimmick did. Like I said, nothing was in, nothing was in stone. This is kind of like if someone has written a movie, but they don't like the character. Once Mm. they see the character read with somebody else. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, uh, well, we was going to make him a field hand, but now I think he'd be better as the milkman. You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. It's kind of one of those situations, but we we hadn't really had a name yet because we were doing a tryout match. But our name was going to be called the Chain Gang. That's a hard name. The Chain Gang is a good name. <laughs> I like that a lot. I'm sorry. That's a good ass name for a wrestling group. Come on, the Chain Gang. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let me walk. Well, I guess that. that's why I'm not a promoter. You fooled me. <laughs> So we came out with like shirts on, like we had been in prison, with the with the number on it right here. Get you know? the hell out of here! 
Yeah, this true. Yeah. It's a true story. Uh, I don't know if I was supposed to curse on your deal, but nah, uh, yeah, but we're good. Yeah, this true stuff. But like I said, nothing's cut in stone. These yeah. are this is the idea. This is not because we we ain't even got a job yet. We don't even have a contract. We ain't got nothing. We just came up to do a tryout match to get looked at. If that makes sense. Wow. Yeah. You know, an audition, if you will. Yeah. So we are. Uh, we're getting ready to go out. We had jeans on and uh, the shirts, it's boots, like uh, combat boots. And we had some chains around our neck. That was to let people, now this is what we were told. Uh, that's to let people know that we've been in shackles. And now everybody that we wrestle is going to suffer the wrath of us being put in shackles. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of pent-up aggression. <laughs> I get it. It's intimidating. Have the warden walk you up. I like it. <laughs> that would have been a better idea. That's a good gimmick. That would have been a better idea. Okay. Yeah. If a warden that walks out. Well, Rob Parker at that time was doing... The Colonel gimmick, where he had the white suit on okay. with the big white cowboy hat on and stuff like that. And oh, he'd, gotcha. come out, he'd come out with a cigar and a handkerchief. <laughs> you know, so the gimmick was if they accepted it and it went well, we were going to be put with Rob Parker and he was going to come out, you know, on one of the shows and explain. He got somebody coming, you know, you know how they do on, on the show. Yeah. So, so anyway, the night of our tryout match, Rob Parker was doing something with somebody else that night. Because they shoot and they tape and everything, but when the dark matches go, your tryout match, they cut the tapes off. And they yeah. just let y'all perform in front of the audience and see what kind of audience, you know, respond yeah, you get and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you got to realize, I've never seen this match. I've never seen it. Never came out, nowhere to be no, found on no, YouTube. It wasn't, wow. it wasn't taped. It's a dark match. Mm. The dark matches, they cut the tapes off, and I don't know if the guys take a break. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if you've never been to a professional wrestling TV taping, back in the day, they would do this a lot yeah. with different guys trying out. So you don't try out in front of a few people like somebody for a dance routine or something, or trying to get something on Broadway. You know, if you had a few people, you do a couple of moves and say, okay. No, you go out and do a match yeah. in front of people, and the guys, whoever the powers may be are, they're watching you. Exactly. And they're watching the crowd. So you might, I think it might have been four or five people getting tryout matches that night. Okay. My brother and I and some other guys too, you know. So that's just the way it worked back then. So anyway, we getting ready to walk out and some, we could hear somebody scream from the back. We couldn't see who it was. Colonel, go out with them. And Colonel was like, I don't, I don't go out with this. It's just a tryout match. You know, I'm, I'm working tonight, you know, because yeah. he had his other guys he was going out with. I can't remember who. And then I heard somebody go, go, go out with him. So he turned around and and when the music played, it wasn't the Harlem Heat music that you hear today. I don't even know if it was any music. I don't even think we had any music. It was a tryout match. So Trial we just match. walked oh. out. Mm -hmm. And the colonel walked out first and us behind him. And he was like, yeah, yeah, my boys, oh my, my boys, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so God, audience, this is downtown Atlanta, Georgia, okay? <laughs> and 
the people see this, and brother, the optics, the optics was like, yeah. what is this? Yeah, oh my God. So the people interpreted it as a plantation owner with a couple of slaves. Oh my God, are you kidding me? This is a true story. I can't make it up. I was in it and can't make it up. <laughs> Jesus. So anyway, we did the match and everything. Everybody was like, hey, man, that was good. This, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And I remember Ole Anderson coming up to us and going, that was good. Okay. Okay. We know you can work, but, you know, I wonder, can, he was like, can you guys draw money? That's what we need to find out now. Okay. And we were like, uh, I think, I don't know if he said that that night or the next time we had a match. I can't remember now. But anyway, we go back to our hotel. Our phone rang the next morning. We got to go down to the North Tower. Hey, they need y'all down to North Tower. We like, North Tower. Oh, that's where, you know, the offices and everything are. So we jump in our car and we head downtown Atlanta to the North Tower CNN building, you know? Yeah. And uh, we go up to Ole's office and we gawk in the office, come in here. Okay. We sit down. He goes off. <laughs> off. You know, we look at each other like, what do we, what's going on? Well, we ain't thinking about the optics, you know, yeah. of last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just trying to get a job. That last night was terrible. Blah, blah, blah. They told me to fire your asses and send you back to Texas. I'm like, yeah, what do we do? Well, it ain't our fault, you know what I'm saying? And, oh, man, he was just going off. But I'm not going to do I told him I'm not going to do it because I think you guys can make money for me. Now, that chain gang gimmick is dead. I want you guys to go down Dusty Rose and Sid Vicious and somebody else. They're waiting down at the uh, so-and-so. I want you guys to go down there and y'all come up with a new name. So we, you know, with our tails between our legs, we leave and go down to the, uh, what we do the TV taping at, and they was down there. And everybody started throwing stuff around as to names. That's where Hall of Heat came from. Wow. Now imagine had that been a WWF tryout. Because you know Vince McMahon would be like, Boys, you're geniuses. This is the most brilliant gimmick we've ever seen. You would have been champions the very next week. <laughs> you're probably right. I don't know, man. But uh, that's the story of how the humble beginnings wow. of Harlem Heat. It came out of the chain game. And everybody was upset. All those fans was upset. And they called. They was calling everybody. Good oh, thing was no cell phone. Just imagine if it were cell phone cameras back then. That is, again, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. How viral that moment would have been. Oh. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. It would have lived in infamy. Wow. Unbelievable. True story. That is wild. So that's the story. By, all right. I know you're a busy man. I want to wrap things up. I know you got okay. 10 podcasts of your own. We're going to go to a quick break. Come back. Wrap things up. I got one more very important imperative question for you. Stevie Ray in studio. Stevie, where can they find you on IG if they're driving around in their cars? Hey, man. Real Stevie Ray. Real Stevie Ray. You know, Stevie Ray TV on YouTube. Stevie Ray TV on Twitch. Real TV, Twitter, Instagram. So, I'm everywhere, brother. Google the man. He's very Googleable. This is Ryan Shaw FM, and we will return. This episode of The Ryan Show FM is brought to you by Gruntworks Meat Company. 
a veteran-owned meat distribution company that is dedicated to providing high-quality meats at affordable prices. At Gruntworks, we believe that those who put themselves on the front lines for our country deserve to be compensated fairly. That's why we offer prices that are competitive, yet still allow us to make a profit. We pass on those savings to veterans and all those who don't get the recognition they deserve. So if you want to support a veteran-owned business and get the best deal on your meat, look no further than Gruntworks Meat Company. We've got you covered from beef and chicken to pork and seafood. Thank you for choosing Gruntworks. Up and do the biz, our style is wild. Hit you with the spell, whether you a gentile. When you enter in the realm, you find me at the helm. Still standing like abandoned buildings in the southern part of the BX. Can old school it like a T-Rex. You're well advanced. Connect dance with thoughts deep like Barry White's throat box. The fix you done cop is mixed. But you're a high tower. My power grants me the chicks, the clothes, the cars, and enemies of mold to spar. You won't escape no matter who you are. Yeah, found the ground, you like that. On the mound and introduce him to the baseball Face tall, brag about it like teenage sex Textbook characters getting etched out the rough draft Rush Limbaugh, autograph for left New York, New York Yeah, we bigger than the building yeah. Do it for the love of the art And the children's the dough Paper mache up inside of your models CBR bottles, we sit by your this drive Allergic to your sperm, broke hives Concerned about your life when you down eight lives Top of the night, I'm up in your queens like, oh yeah In the joint, Gamma Ray artists out two piece to Tracy. If she wanna get bent, we bring it to the tent. Touch it till her back and then rapid extra strength. Run a lap on a tap, delay in the length. Holding mics tighter than Hyman's. Old school it like Holly Hobby, head to head, easy baker oven. Strong Jerome love. Man, I hit the pad, do we pant the power, keep it all relative to the 60s. Bill Bixby Green, ATM money, got my pockets looking like I'm rocking Popeye jeans. Classic like Ruben and Ra. One under the groove, we shooting for that parliament high. Bus bigger than the 4th of July. Take the back seat, drive out, we push from the hip. Ayo, ain't nothing street about me. More like a light post, shining above all who are y'all the most. Stayed calm and harm came to be the host. My vocab grabs many. Long to cultivate raps, Kim Fields, mom, Jack Penny. Used to be an unknown around the way. Now my biz became a bouquet. Heavy nose in it. Filling up seats like a session in a Senate. Been a minute since you heard the soul. So the soul don't toss you three. All your people want to front like the soul don't hold control. But it don't mean to me. Plain to see that a song like this been what you all miss. Come on. Genuine adrenaline from off the wrist. We run the interference throughout the game clout. Can't be denied the bout for the title. Throw up the belt and hold the pose like Bring an idol. Bring it back to the draw. Gross the grand whiz. Theodore play dirty with it ever since. Playing on the floor. Stop verbal assault. Just in case the war break glass. Still vaults bigger than giraffes. 
but they still telling lies to me. I heard them say a lot of flip the underground, they die for the underground, but they ain't making no money. Stupid. Drums is rough and so damn. Is that how it is? Drums is rough and so. I'm running out of reasons to feel sorry. It's blood in the streets. You gon' get mud on your cleats when it feels soggy. Show they gotta use both hands. And Jill's got me. Plug told me when my record stopped selling, he still got me. Just catching on to the numbers I'm checking on. Got lucky last summer. Bookies wanna know what I'm betting on. Set the bar, kept it tall, came through like a wrecking ball. Can't touch a brick without putting my record on. Six figures out of dirty Pyrex. Thought that was all. I made double sign and I'm selling them on tour. Being up feel good, but not better than being sure. I'm a product of the cocaine 80s drug wars. The moment I start to feel that the love gone, I'll be back with gloves on just in case you was rub wrong. And if it ain't Griselda's love songs, and if the dope ain't good, then it's cut wrong. Damn, ah. is that how it is? Times is rough and so they know. Damn. Tell the truth, we don't need no hits Had to meet Butch and Rick, go stupid on this primo Stack paper like Pringo chips I done seen those bricks, speaking coke, then the lingo switch Had the stove doing Mego tricks, half a kilo wrist They on me now, cause my Vivo lit Dope money gave my ego a lift I rode the Regal with Knicks, these blitz And we bleeding the fifth I live the thug life leading to this Now I sleep at the wrist Spend your real money shopping at fifth Street is at the top of the list I was taking them risks Sell them 20s till you run out the brick And watch how you bump your lips Before I come off the hip Like say win on some cowboy Used to want the Marcy Lago whip But now times done switch Keep the fame, I just wanna be rich Do this for baby him and Prince Everything legit Welch's great cheese, eggs and grits Tell the label, put my name on the blimp Time to turn up the temp Black Sopranos bring the family a win They know, damn is that how it is? Yeah. Times is rough and so it's Ricky. Still say a thousand grams on it. This you ate it up wrong. I'm running base, I'm really upshot. I know cam and upscale, like what up, y'all? Since place two, I'm a upsell. Now it's y'all. I turned 10 into a 50, nearly lost like 37 of it. I had 13 left, I put 11 on it. We all shoot like the Warriors with Kevin on it. I was bringing up smoke, but they ain't never on it. I took advantage of my better moments. Hardest money, plus I got it out the mud, so it feel better, don't it? This primo beat needed a legend on it. Like Nick, last song with Khaled. Every bar is valid. If it ain't soprano drums, it's balance. If it ain't hard work, it's talent. You not at all a challenge. Nick Melinda never lost my balance. You gon' have to dig deeper than Dallas, motherfucker. Uh, uh. so. Damn, is that how it is? Uh-huh. 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 U
Been in the house for three days, high on drugs, me and my All we do is fight and we I've been neglecting my first love, a lot of cash She been cheating on me out there with all these other cats And the first rule of business, secure the bag Another one, and another one You can ask Khaled how the young OG spin My burn like the power line, I make that currency flow There's 357,000 votes A shock the life out you I get back to this money, forget all about you The only thing popping over here is gunpowder Other than that, I'm laid back and mind my life I got a tight network of Great people, we get things done. done. Rain, sleet, hail, and snow. I'm out outside where it's icy cold, but the money keeping me on fire though. Hey, it's four seasons, it's no day off. Three, six, five, I'm stuck to the grind. I can't shake all this good fortune. Addiction and sex, drugs, money in the spotlight. Get some. It's a war going on. Come outside, you and that it's too long. Come outside, that's how you turn soft. Use a tip. Stop breastfeeding, you missing all the action We just booked a mark for 70,000 TVs and MacBooks falling off trucks The little homies pulled up, they trunk full of guns Try to sell me an arson, I just need a little one Hit the club with the homies, we just shooting it Chicks try to dance on me, but I curve all of them I got a thing for a queen, but you not a queen I got a lioness in my bed, she waiting on me Bumped into the RZA, we exchange math, that's what I'm talking about I ain't seen him in years, that's why I need to be out A now and again, but not too much I gotta keep my mystique mysterious Serious four seasons, it's no day off Three, six, five, I'm stuck to the grind I can't shake all this good fortune Addiction and sex, drugs, money in the spotlight Get some, get some Tight, tight, tight with my Lucas It's like the run game Take a walk No doubt, indeed Tight with my Lucas It's like the run game Take a walk and we are back. This is the Ryan Show FM featuring the living legend, Stevie Ray. Stevie, how you holding up, my dude? I'm good, man. I was looking at my uh, my uh, what that, my Facebook, and I see my boy Scott Diamore on there. Scott Diamore, he just he just chimed in. Matter of fact, our first match was with Scott Diamore. Really? First match we ever had. He's chiming in right now, man. So see that? Now that's see, a nice good to see old Scott. There. He's he's running Impact Wrestling right now. Oh, and he's running Impact Wrestling. Okay. Yeah, yeah maybe they right. can reenact that moment. Maybe they can go for no, that gimmick brother, and impact, they, right? No, I hope he didn't hear it. I hope he didn't hear it. I don't know if Scott was there that night, but the that next time died we that were, night. Next time we work, Scott was in the ring with us. Thank God. Let's hope Vince McMahon doesn't see this podcast. The next thing you know, in a week, <laughs> we're gonna see the the uh, the, the chain, new day walk chain, out with uh the chain game. With Vince McMahon leading the front. Vince McMahon in the plantation suit. I can see it now. I think he did My it God. already with nails. No, did he really? Did he do that? That's I, think, I, I think the nails were the prison gimmick. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, he could always take it a step further. Vince, yeah, that's, that's what he's true. known for. That's what he's yeah, known for. Which true. reminds me, we didn't see you in WWF. I always mm-hmm. wondered, why was that? Why didn't you make the transition with your brother over to WWF? Because I didn't. Uh, it, it was a few reasons. One, I didn't want to be working that much anymore, so I went overseas. Two... Mm-hmm. Uh, the WWE stereotypes that they do with all people of color, I didn't want to be a part of. Really? So that that was the reason was because you didn't want to partake in any of that? No. Wow. I didn't want to partake in any of it. 
But they didn't really do it with Booker T, did they? With your oh, brother yeah. when he went over there. Oh yeah. All right, like running in a running in a uh, you know uh, grocery store from somebody and you know and doing the. That was epic, though, man. I gotta say, the Booker T versus Stone Cold. I'm gonna tell you something, brother. I ain't never ran from a sucker in my life. Oh, so that's it. Was a matter that ran, it makes I sense. I ain't never ran from no pussy in my life, and never will. Wow. You dig what I'm saying? That's how I came up. That's what you saw with Harlem Heat. You ain't see us run from nobody. Wow. So you even, thought it was I don't, I don't even essence. Know what, I don't even know what the emotion feel like to be afraid of another man. Wow. I don't even know what that emotion feel like. I'm going to be honest with you. Anybody that knows me knows anybody in my family. Did anybody, anybody ask in you in WCW to do something that you were uncomfortable with in terms no. of going against the character? No. I mean... Yeah, they tried, but I'm, no, I'm not doing it. Not to that degree, though. Yeah. No, nothing like that. If I if I rebelled against something, it was something wrestling related. Okay. You know, but no, that shit ain't funny to me. No. Okay. I, you know, and see, as like a, as a I'm young not, white I'm guy, I, I never said just ignorant ass young white me never mm -hmm. looked at it as kind of any type of a racial thing. I just looked at it as like a comedy type of segment. Well, like I said, ain't nothing ever been comedy about Harlem yeah. Heat. Yeah, see? Ain't nothing ever been comedy about Booker T. Yeah, it's true. You guys were not like uh, like comedic relief at any point. No. That's what we brought to the table. You're going you're gonna to ask the road warriors to be funny and run from somebody? You know, that's a very good point. You, you know, did? recently I read that and if I'm not mistaken, was that the dream match that you had always wanted was against the Road Warriors? Why is that? Oh, man, because that would have been, that's what people want to see. Yeah. They want to see the team of the 80s fight the team of the 90s. Yeah, that would have been so epic. That's money, any way you look at it. That's the one regret I have in my whole career. Wow. So recently, your brother just took place, just fought in the Royal Rumble. Is there any chance that we're going to see a Harlem Heat reunion in WWE? No. No chance? No. No. Not at and, all. And that's because you just, you're over it? What's the because reason? Because it would be a debacle. It would be some kind of debacle or something. I don't really have time to even talk about this right now, but... I mean, you don't a, have to. A, that's... a situation that went down during the Hall of Fame thing, and that's what I, I was exactly talking about when you know, they tried to pull some crap, you know, that week, and we weren't going for it. And I'm like, no, no way. Don't ask me to do no bullshit like that. So that's that's how they think. You know what I'm saying? Nothing against them, and it's cool for a bunch of these guys. You know, like crime time. You know, guy got to be stealing stuff to be a wrestler or, you know, the new day. We got to look buffoonish to be a professional. Mm -hmm. Nothing against these guys personally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do what you got to do to make your money. And they're very good at what they do. I'm not saying anything's wrong with these things. But these African-American stereotypes, brother, you can miss me with that. I buy it. Miss me. Miss me. I ain't saying what my brother do. He's been up there almost 20 years. That's yeah. him. But I ain't got the temperament for it, bro. I'm, I'm cut from another cloth. Wow. 
Hey, at least you're honest about it, too. Oh, yeah. I'm honest about everything that I talk about. I ain't ashamed of nothing. I ain't ashamed of who I am at all. That's just the way I'm, that's just the way I'm built. Wow. I ain't in nothing just to go along to get along. I'm disappointed to hear there won't be a reunion, but I'm happy to see that you're a man of character. And that's way more important, I'm sure, to any of your fans out there. I would like to think so. And on that note, I'm sure many people that are listening to this show would like to follow you over to yours. So what's the best way we can catch some of your new podcasts coming out? Find you on Instagram? Matter of fact, I just finished. You can see it behind me right there. World's Most Controversial Podcast. Straight Shooting with Stevie Ray. Uh, I'm in my dungeon right now. I was just taping right before we went on with you. And, uh, hey, you can watch it on YouTube live every Monday and Tuesday. And you can watch some of the tape shows, too, when I do some of those. But I like to go live every Monday and Tuesday and sometimes Wednesday when I have a guest that can't come on Monday or Tuesday. And that's what we do on the World's Most Dangerous Podcast, man. We chop it up with the people, me and Sonny. We call it Tokyo Heat every Tuesday night. And we call it Slapjack Slapjack Monday every Monday, every other Monday night with Jimmy Tibbs, who is a uh, comedian. And, man, we just have a good time, man, talking about wrestling, talking about, we talk about everything. We talk about movies. We talk about everything. So, and we let the fans get involved, and it's great, man. We got a good audience that everybody likes when we come on, you know, and everybody clicking on, and they got comments, and they're asking questions and saying funny things. It's, it's a good time. That's great. That's time. one cool thing about doing a podcast versus a radio show is that you can mm-hmm. get to see the interaction and people right. like to type things in. That's always right. a really cool part. All right, one last question. I know you're busy, but I got to ask. Your favorite wrestler of all time, not the greatest, but your, your favorite. Who, or, you know what? Who do you consider to be the GOAT my if favorite, you had to pick one, your favorite? My favorite wrestler of all times has to be superstar Billy Graham. Ooh. Superstar Billy Graham. When I was a kid, man, me and my friends loved superstar Billy Graham, man. We would go down to the Coliseum in downtown Houston whenever he was coming to town, save up our pennies and go down there. And boy, we were big fans of superstar Billy Graham. And uh, I would have to say... I had a lot of favorites, but he was my favorite. Legend. Absolute yeah. legend. Go check out some highlights if you're listening out there. You don't know who we're talking about. I mean, he had, that gift, he had the gift of gap, man. The way he talked. The way he talked, man. The stuff that he said about people and stuff like that. And about himself. I guess, I think Superstar Billy Graham was the first self-promoting professional wrestler that promoted himself. That's great. He was ahead of the game. Oh, my goodness. Some of the stuff he would say would just make. I remember letting my daughter a few years ago, letting my daughter go on YouTube. I think we were in a restaurant or something like that. And I pulled up a promo of Superstar Billy Graham. And I let her put my headphones on to listen to what he was saying. And she just died laughing. (laughs) She could not stop laughing. You know, but him, you know, I. I swimmed across the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> I ran 25 miles and I did all this before breakfast. <laughs> amazing. Like, that's amazing, man. I mean, I just love it. I that's one thing about new wrestling as it's just so much tougher for me to get into because the 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 charisma that you guys had back in the 80s and 90s that you had yeah. to have to get where you were. Yeah. And this is no knock on Roman. No, I know what you're saying. Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, John Cena was all right. But I mean, look, I'm from the cloth of watching guys like 
rock, stone cold, just on the mic, incredible charisma and funny. Yeah. Genuinely funny people. Yeah, you didn't have to have nobody uh, writing for you. So how you did, how, all, you did all the writing in your own head? Literally, is that it was mostly improv back then? They yeah. Wrote it. So it was yeah. up to you. You can't. Some of the stuff that they say, nobody can just come up with that. It'd have to be an individual to come up with that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, and for the, sure. And the way they put it out there. But if that's the case, then anybody would have been able to do it. That's that's a very good point. Very very good point. You know, well, Stevie, it's truly been an honor. Hopefully, no one problem. of these days we can bring you up to Fox Sports Radio, talk some football. We'll oh, reach cool. back out to you again. Cool. And man, it's truly been an honor. What a guy! Everybody, follow Stevie Ray. It's the real Stevie Ray on Instagram. Yes, no, the no, one no, and no. only. Yeah, the real Stevie Ray on Instagram and Twitter. And Twitter, follow yeah. the man. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll be back very, very soon after this break. Don't go anywhere, folks. in Babylon as I watch your children grow and years them carry on and I miss it even more still I send them go to school and tell them where them fi know while I'm a friend and miss salute that the gun and then the screw another year has come and passed man I drop like man in you Uncle Warwick sick and gone when him couldn't get your flu they got to you and me done respect long and overdue when nothing ever did that one you still have on something new our friendship ever lasts all when one minus from few yes we surely had a blast we're like family, me and you I know every part you cross Lead to somebody we're true Of the many that I call Only chosen is a few Of the real friends that serve you long Your memories might fade The real friends will serve you long Sunshine or rain Your real friends will serve you long Acquaintances will fade Your real friends won't do you wrong Talking with winners, a loser or two Got my numbers still, they think they real But they just really awfully bitter Salty again, hate the smarter ones These are the doubters who sour about my run I barely made it out to slums My value high cause I do more than rap about a gun I made money for niggas, y'all never looking out for none I helped millionaires get to that very position So real millionaires, see that's ill cause look at statistics Real millionaires, and I ain't talking ghetto riches Thorough business, you mistreat Treating against heard your folks bleed in prison You ain't a G and if you was I don't recall Who would roll with y'all? Bunch of it, oh know-it-alls who dough is small Look what has come to our pores, good no more We was good before, till I saw what type of dude you took me for We had a chance to take paper down, what I took was more Because of hatred, opportunity wasted Real friends will serve you long Your car and clothes will your real friend won't do you wrong Real friend don't change Hey
Welcome to part two of tonight's episode. You are tuned into the Ryan Show FM, and out goes Stevie Ray. In comes a good buddy of mine. He is rocking an NWO sweater. So many throwbacks to WCW here tonight. My man Jay Gutter, aka who is Jay Gutter on Instagram, is here tonight on the Ryan Show FM. Welcome back, my brother. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's a damn right pleasure. Man, the pleasure is mine. Let me tell you. That. And I got to say, let's just start by saying your live performance the other night at that, was it Tomatees? We're actually Tomatees, one of our sponsors. They have the event space set up. You killed it, dude. You freestyle. And I was lit. I was very, very stoned. So it was almost surreal watching you perform over Booker T and the Green Onions. Or I'm sorry, but was it Booker? What's the name of the band exactly? It's Booker, Booker T, T, right? And the MGs. And the MGs, that's it. And the song was Green Onions, and you killed it. I appreciate so, that, man. The I'm whole glad you were in the like, building. Yeah, it was good. It was good stuff, man. So what was it inspired to go over that? Were you just listening to the song and realized you had to put some bars over it? Yeah. I mean, the original song is just basically an instrumental. Yeah. So the more and more I heard it, just just naturally I found a pocket and I said, I got to do this. And that's that. I'm glad yeah. y'all like it. It's one of them joints that... I wasn't sure if I was going to put out because it is a little different, but y'all, y'all dig it. So I'll drop it. Classic. And, and it wasn't, it doesn't even need to have bass added to it. It doesn't need to be chopped and screwed or mixed up. You just took that original song and put the hammer down. So we're going to be playing that tonight here on the program. But to those that are hearing Jay for the first time, those that might be hearing the show for the first time, he's from the new England area. And there's been some MCs to come out of there especially lately. Let us know where you're from, Jay. Tell us a little bit more about your hometown. Yeah, I'm from a small town in New Hampshire, if, if you consider high school where you're from. Uh, my high school was in a small town called Raymond in New Hampshire. Other than that, I bounced between the North Shore area, Salem, Mass., if you've heard that, the capital of Halloween. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Peabody, Danvers, Lynn, Lynn, the city of Sin. That's all my neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, but I know when people say where they grow up, they think high school. So I would say a little town called Raymond in New Hampshire. So Actually, Raymond, Adam, New Hampshire. Uh, Adam No Jumper is. So Adam from No Jumper also went to school in Raymond, New Hampshire, you said? Nashua, New Hampshire. Nashua, okay. 20 minutes away. Anybody from your school who's lit from your school right now, from high school? We talk about high school who's lit from Raymond. <laughs> Nobody. It's small, man. Small ass town. That's it. You're putting them on the map. I love it. So before we get into anything music related, the Super Bowl was just the other night. And I just wonder, because you're a sports fan and you're living out there in New England. Yeah. What's the energy like without Tom Brady? How do you guys feel about the Patriots in general? What's it like being a Patriots fan now? Well, we still love the Patriots. Don't get it twisted. Um, but I'd be lying to you if I said... It's been a little quieter around town. It's been uh, a lot of people I ask because I play hoop out here. I'm asking everybody if they were going to watch the Super Bowl. Hear a lot of nah. I don't know. I might go to bed early tonight. And where we're from, I'm not used to hearing that. Like yeah. we're, tuned, we're tuned in big sports heads up here. I'm a little disappointed, but I'm not surprised. I'm but that's because I'm a Yankee fan. I know how you've. Bostonian and the surrounding area folk are. Are you a Red Sox fan too? Yeah, I'm not a big baseball head, but mm. um, I definitely support the home team for sure. Got it. 
So before we get to music once again, are you satisfied with Mac Jones or would you like to see a new quarterback over there? Um, Give Mac a little time, man. I yeah. mean, he was a great quarterback in Give college. Him a little time. So you do believe? Yeah, man. I'm going to believe him. I like that. I like, that. I like, that. I like that. you got faith in Mac. All right. All right. So I guess we'll see what happens. All right. So in the past year, You've been all over the place. I see that uh, you've got some new music out. Where do you find yourself creating the best music? Is it at your house? Is it in studio? What's your What's your haven? Your 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 zen? Where is it that you need to go to create this music these days? Um, actually, right here at the house. Um, yeah, I find that I'm most creative when I'm alone, mm. and um. It took me a lot of studios to kind of figure that out. And then more recently, I've been recording alone and I'm like tapping into a whole nother level of creativity that I haven't. I feel like I've missed for a handful of years now, five, six years. I haven't felt that way. And why since, is that? Why, why is it creating alone brings out the best in you? I don't know, man. Um, the power of oneself is a lot. I think the influence of others um is always there whether we recognize it or not so even just what the engineers facial expressions are like or what we talked about and all that stuff kind of influences my thoughts but when i'm alone it's it's all me upstairs there's no break in my thoughts there's nobody to bounce ideas off of nobody walking around i don't got no pets so i'm not distracted by that i'm just i'm all here and um, yeah, so home, man, it's felt real good. You take your artistry very serious. That's why I ask questions like that, because the details always matter to you. I just know from listening, working, hanging out with you over the years, the creative process always seemed very, very important to you. So I had to ask. Now, in terms of mentorship, a lot of artists and a lot of the greats, had people mentor them and that's why they would go to studio not necessarily with the homies and with the friends and people like that but just with somebody that had been there and done that how do you think you do working with somebody that might have been there and done that um i mean i've been fortunate enough to bless the stage with some cats that have been there and done that um believe it or not i think one of the biggest stage influences i have is uh ra the rugged man um that man is a wild man on stage uh and off stage <laughs> yeah yeah and i didn't really to be frank i didn't really know anything about his music i wasn't an ra the rugged man fan before i performed with him no disrespect to the man at all i'm, I'm a fan now yeah. um but i watched him do things that really i took a liking to because he isn't jumping around really on stage doing no theatrics or anything but he's commanding the presence of the audience and he often makes the the audience do all the wacky business what do you mean by that uh man i've seen him throw uh I, i've seen him ask the audience to get on stage just so him and his bodyguards can throw him off stage that is hilarious <laughs> um yeah, he's Man. a psycho. He's one of those like crazy white guys that at least back in the 90s, he hears stories of him wilding out and fighting people. 
he got Stupid. gonads, and I like that yeah. about him. He, he stands on he stands on his ten, so I'm with it. And it's funny, it all comes full circle because I remember we did a show. I don't remember what year it was, but was it the was it the Hamptons Holiday Hoedown where we had the AP take pictures or whatnot? But Afro, his young protege, performed, and you guys headlined that show together. So it all comes full circle there. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, shout out to Afro. That's a good fella. Um, but other than to circle back to your your question about mentorship and how I would how I would take that. Um, I guess it all depends who it is. Mm. Um, RA uh, teaching you how to punch people in the face. No, no, attack the fans. No, nah, he wasn't like that. I mean, he's he's a good fella. Now uh, he's calmed down. He's calmed down quite a bit. Yeah, but he's like you know talking about rappers that I wouldn't want to get into a confrontation with. RA is right up there, for sure. <laughs> the right. man holds it down. I like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I and the reason I ask that is because your creative process, it is so you yeah. that I wonder how you do with somebody. Like, I feel like if you were to work with somebody, it would need to be a producer more than an artist that's been there and done that because of your style. There's not really anyone else that raps like you. The audience is going to hear very, very soon. But I could see you working well with some type of a producer. Um, you know, maybe that would be the next step. We got to pull the stones out. I know Cheeks isn't here tonight. But Cheeks has always been a fan of your work too, so we'll yeah. see what happens. You would know better than me, man. Sometimes it's it's easy to see from the outside looking in. It's hard to see oh. things from inside the fishbowl. Yeah, precisely. So we're gonna play one song, come back, talk a little bit more. We do have my man Jay Gutta in studio. Follow him on IG at who is Jay Gutta. And as we go into this break, we're going to be playing the song we spoke about earlier tonight. This is Jay Gutter's version of Green Onions. Shouts to Booker T and the MGs. Please don't sue us. We'll be back soon. Look, see, this is what we're doing this year. Yeah, this is what we're doing right here. All that shit they do over there. Keep that shit the fuck over there. My options are up in the air. Yeah, but fuck it, we're coming prepared, yeah. Put on our lips and our hair. Everywhere, there ain't no time to be scared. That was music by Jay Gutta. If you'd like to download that song, Jay, is it available on YouTube? Your remix of Green Onions. Yeah, YouTube and SoundCloud, Audio Mac, and all those good hip hop sites. Mmm, ooh wee. Go check it out. And we are nearing um, 
March at this point. So Mm. spring's a good season, man. There's a lot that goes on in spring and music. We're getting ready for more live shows, more entertainment. And I noticed that you've been all over the place, uh, you know, performing locally, but for a lot of legends. Mm. So there are a lot of, a lot of people that are in your situation, AKA not in New York city, not in Atlanta and not in LA face a lot of difficulties finding exposure unless they know how to use the internet. So I ask you, what is the biggest challenge you face as an independent artist stemming from the New England area, specifically Raymond, New England, or Raymond, New Hampshire? Uh, the biggest challenge um, is some, well, man, you got me thinking about a lot of things with that question, man. There's a lot of challenges to answer that question. To find the biggest is hard to say. The first thing that comes to mind is um, gatekeepers. If you know what I'm talking about, if you're a New Yorker, if you're an up-and-coming artist, you know what I'm talking about. The toll troll. Precisely. I think of promoters. Um, the modern-day promoter isn't actually, at least from my experience, a promoter. They're more of like an artist pimp. Um, they're not promoting the shows. Mm -hmm the artists are promoting the, the artist is doing their job um no disrespect if you don't do that that's just been my experience for uh, sure no that's a very good point not a lot of serious promoters out there not a real one that takes pride in that no a lot of jerk offs um, and then some of the best ones are artists like you said or failed artists yeah artists have found the way to market themselves and to promote themselves and that's become half of their job now to make music and do that side of the the whole shebang um yeah that's that's the top two things that come to my mind so how do you overcome the challenge of having to be the promoter sometimes because as a creator and an artist it must be hard to be business-minded i find it all the time just doing radio it's easier to be almost in a comedic state of mind we don't have to focus so heavily on business. So how does that have an impact on your music? And do you find that a challenge to have to kind of handle your business side and promotion at times? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes that is a challenge. And obviously that's something that I've worked through since day one. If you're an artist, then you're doing it yourself too. Um, but one thing I really keep in mind is that people, it don't matter what you do, people are not going to not fall in love with good music. So right. at the end of the day, in my belief, if you have good enough music that does all the talking, if you're creative enough, if you're unique enough, if you're you enough, that's going to do everything for you. And if you have to sell yourself for viewership or fans, I feel like something's missing. Um, it's almost like you're, you're duping us a little bit. The product should sell itself. It's a really good point. Dope sells itself. But I often wonder if that's true in this day and age. Say, a group like the Beatles, if you yeah. play a song like 
let it be such a, a beautiful song like that right mm-hmm. you feel like it would just translate to any era but without the proper promotion would it like bring that same sense of familiarity i feel like a lot of it is just hearing it over and over again on the radio to instill that sense of nostalgia that's why these records that blow up you talk about the gatekeepers they're paying like even guys like drake two hundred thousand dollars spread across the country to different djs putting money in everybody's pocket in some way shape or form yeah so it's sad that although it should be quality that sells sometimes there are those little intricacies that can move a record and really make it take off for yeah, instance with that like the blind rapper is a perfect example you know i think there's a blind fury you know what i'm talking uh, about yeah 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 dude is so nasty mm-hmm. so nasty bar for bar mm-hmm. but i'm not sure if he's ever had the real backing that he needs there's just so much talent that gets swept under so it's like you can take it to a certain point where people respect you but is it making you money the way right. that it should you know what i mean so it's a very fine line well um, part of me not to cut you off but part of me feels like if it's and i know a lot of business-minded people aren't, aren't gonna agree with me but if people are gonna like it they're gonna show others and it's gonna show it's gonna get to the right hand so people don't just listen to it and say like oh i really like this music something that you share with others and everybody knows that so yeah. i believe if you're meant to be heard by the masses it will happen and then i don't want to get deep on y'all but if I, I feel like if you have to sell yourself to be heard by the masses I don't want to say the rest, but you know, you sold you something. Sold your soul. I didn't say it. So that's how you look at it. I mean, it could make sense. You know, somebody that blew up this year and she's not bar heavy, but uh, whatever. Produced, I don't know what. You know who I'm about to say right now? And, there's, and we're in a day and age of the nicest female MCs. I would say that yeah. the top 10 lyricists, maybe. Maybe like three of them realistically are chicks. Whereas back in the oh. day, zero would be. Like there's always been some great female MCs, no disrespect to Lil Kim and uh, you know, Lauren Hill and some of these other pioneers, Rhapsody. But there are some girls today that are bodying all of the dudes out there. So someone in today's day and age that doesn't have the bars, but she just has the right production. And I guess the songs just kind of knock. Yeah. Ice Spice. Yeah. I know it sounds crazy. I'm not going to sit and listen to Ice Spice, Amen. but sometimes I'm scrolling through TikTok. I'm like, damn, it's like banger after banger. Some people are meant to be there, man. You know, some people are just, what do they call it? The X factor. Yes. You know, some people just have it. It's like they're, they're born to be there. Born to be a star. Sometimes the cards are dealt that way. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And she's one of them. And I think she's got some serious promo behind her. I haven't really looked into the intricacies of her marketing and who her manager is or anything, but it seems like everywhere I go, perfect marketing and promotion. They really figured it out. So good for them. Good for Ice Spice and the ladies of female emceeing. Um, I yeah. wouldn't call her a female MC necessarily, but she's making some bangers. Now, we're going to play some more music, Jay, more. as we spin off into the evening and wrap things up around here. I'm going to leave it up to you to pick a song from 2023. We've had two months to put out some new bangers. What is that we're going to play for the people here tonight? Any song? 
from this year we're hitting up with new music oh lord um what was the other song let me look at my phone let me look at my phone oh do you want it it's got to be from me Oh yeah, from you, man. We gotta play some of your music. There was oh. another song that you performed at that. You gotta play event. go. Oh, I didn't release that song yet. That... Oh, that was a secret song. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so we can't even break that tonight. No, not tonight. Ooh. Okay. Okay. All right. It so wasn't there. Let's hear. What's a what's a a recent song that we can play for the people? Yeah, play uh, go G O. Oh, so we can play go. Okay. We are playing Goat. Jay Gutta's in studio. Follow the man at who is Jay Gutta. And Jay, where else can they find your music? Uh, Spotify, iTunes, all that. Um, I'm also in the gaming world. I like to plug this everywhere. But if you a Fortnite cat, if you a Pokemon Go cat, that's who is Jay Gutta as well. Uh, what the hell? Are you cultivating an audience on video games right now? Uh, I like. We're just people. trying to play. I just trying to make some new friends. <laughs> I like I people that. that like what I like. Yeah. So, um, I'm not really hip, or I'm not really down with Instagram and Facebook and all that jazz. I'd rather you come mess with me on Fortnite and Pokemon Go, uh, and of course Spotify and iTunes and all that where the music is. But if you really want to get jiggy, Pokemon, Fortnite. Uh, Nintendo Switch. I'm not going to give you that, but <laughs> wait, wait. So it's at who is Jay Gutta across all video yeah. game platforms too. That's right. All right, go find them, man. And that's J A Y G U D D A. New music and more. We're gonna sign out properly here tonight, so nobody go anywhere. This is the Ryan Show FM feature. My boy Jay Gutta, and we will return. Look. The late to go align my chakras. It's been more than like a decade since your boy ate pasta. My people say I'm off my rocker. I left my ex for my new ex. I should have never swapped her. So I'm Audi 5000. Get to the cha 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 cha. Hoodie on everywhere. Phantom of the opera. Don't get this twisted. My fucking man is proper. Tell your mans I'm your daddy, so won't be so awkward. Bad, but she talks good. She gon' with me cause this ain't free dog, I boss good With all that Leo cabin dog, you needs an Oscar Your day one homies, you damn know that they'll double cross ya I know me, I've met a few Jamal Crawfords But it's all good As the leaves fall from the trees And the rain turns to snow One thing will never change Everything's a go Went stupid, never slow Spoke truth, I never told I'm broke, they say I sold my soul Everything's a go Goodbye My got a good eye Fly is high enough Plus she thinks I'm a good guy She don't like my outdoor voice So she stays on my good side I won't say I'll be here for a long time Just a good time Yo, oh could I Hop that curb, get inside This life is just a bumpy ride But you'll be fine There's just do that It's till I die Brady left, I nearly cried Death before you kill my pride Now it's green light to infinity Put that f***ing hater right the f*** out his misery Tell me what's been shaking Why the f*** you so jittery Balling after my injury Separation, that's victory As the leaves fall from the trees And the rain turns to snow One thing will never change Everything's a go Went stupid, never slow Spoke truth, I never told I'm broke, they say I sold my soul Every
Speed things up. Go. Ooh, I'm sweating.
come to an end yes even this broadcast i want to give a huge shout out to both stevie ray and jay gutter for joining me tonight for this incredible two hours of fun and you the listener for joining me don't forget folks we'll be back at the same time and the same station next week but we can be followed on social media at the ryan show and at ryan vernell good luck spelling that last name and lastly i can be heard on fox sports radio 1280 rochester or online, Google that, every Sunday at 8 a.m. for a full hour of sports talk. Thanks for joining me, folks. Love you guys as always. I can't take up too much time because we're already going over here, but I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining me. Over and out. Peace. Peace.